Lord. <laughs> What's up, Gooch? <laughs> hey, Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back another week, another show. We're back. We're back. We're back. And we're back. Did you ever figure out who Weebay was, honey? No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so really quickly, a couple announcements before we get started, y'all. We are now on Podomatic and Stitcher. Come yes. here and holler at us on Podomatic and Stitcher. Are we still going to be posting the SoundCloud? Only the new episodes. Okay, only the new episodes. We're working right now. The website is under construction because we're taking some of the old episodes down, but we'll have them back up so you can go back into the archives and the first, I think, four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, moving forward, you know, Stitcher, we're on Podomatic. You can find us there with the cook and the gooch. So please make sure you follow us, like, subscribe, all that good shit. You know, niggas is trying, you know, come up or whatever Share with people. Do all that. Come play with your hood rat friends so we can do hood rat teams. Together or whatever. (laughs) Okay. So, Gooch, tell me, girl. Who got you fucked up this week and and just lay it on me? Lay it on me. The audacity of the workplace is a struggle. Like, I'm so mentally drained this week, y'all. So... On Monday, <laughs> on Monday, I'm at work, and I am on the phone, and my team lead is like, who are you on the phone with? And so I was like, none of your business. So she was like, <laughs> she was like, well, I'm just asking because I thought you were on the phone with the client. And, I, and oh, mind you, my team lead is the one who said, all bros matter. She was the one who did the little joke. So, oh, right, right. Yeah, so now no. you're going to fully understand why I'm so bothered. So mm-hmm. she, I, she was like, I'm just saying because I thought you were on the phone with the client. And I was like, no, I wasn't. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> she's like, Okay, so a couple of minutes go by, and she's like, can I talk to you in the break, in the conference room? So I'm like, oh, here we go with this bullshit. So we go in there, and she's like, you know, I just think, you know, you shouldn't say things like that, especially out on the floor, because, like, it's not nice. And so I'm looking at her like, bitch, really? <laughs> really? So I'm just looking, like, I'm so, I'm in a stupor at this point, so I'm just, like, I probably looked stupid. I probably did, because I had this look on my face, like, if we weren't in this office, I'd cut you right now. And so, I mean, that's because I already, because the thing is, you already ripped your drawers with me when you made that comment that you made. So we're on benefit at this point. So All all this other shit that you, you're just adding on to it at this point. So I'm like, okay, no problem. You got it. So she's like, you know, I think we have a mutual, you know, respect for one another, right? We do, right? And I was like, mm-hmm, yep. So then I walk out, and she's like, hey, there's no there's no hard feelings, right? I was like, nope. 
no hard feelings. It's all business. And I made sure I said it really loud because at this point, I have nothing for you. At this point, when you pull some more bullshit, that's it. Like, I'm just, I've been telling on, telling on bitches all week, you will be one of them. Ooh. Don't do no stupid shit. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't do no stupid shit because you're going to end up in HR. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. I've, I've given y'all enough. I'm tired of getting along to get along. Like, I'm no more the docile Negro. I'm not doing it no more. I don't have nothing for you. I was so pissed though. I was like, I was so mad. I was like, I don't even know how to explain it. I was so mad that I wasn't mad. If that makes sense. <laughs> you were so mad. You were just, you went straight to piss. Like you went to the right. highest level of festivity where right. you had to laugh. You were so mad. Right. You were so mad. You laughed like, ah, yes. I'm gonna kill all these motherfuckers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like I text my mood. I'm just like. I'm so mad right now, but I'm not. I I can't explain. It. <laughs> like, I was just like, I uh, I was so angry. Like, how dare you? How dare you try to coach me on how I should behave when you say you say the most like this is the same chick who said retarded on the phone. If you know oh. me, you know how I feel about that word. I do not like that word. She said the R word. She said the R word. Mind you, she has a kid on the spectrum. So why are you using this? Right. Why are you using this word? You said that out loud. Then, you you know, you did your all lives matter bullshit months ago. Like, you always saying something inappropriate and then try to blame it on her being a foreigner. Like, ugh. I'm not. No, 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 no. Because it's my birthday week. I ain't going to do it. I'm not finna do it. She said, I ain't finna do it with you today. I'm not. I'm not. And she think we cool. I mean, on the outside, we look cool, but I'm taking notes. Trust me. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's, oh, wow. That is funny because. People like that, especially like at work, girl, you're taking me back to that space um, <laughs> because I worked, I was the only black person um, on a program that I worked with. This was probably back like in um, 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. And so I worked on this project. It was complicated, very complicated, and a lot of people didn't want to work on it because it required a lot of work. So, of course, you know, my black ass stepped up, you know, because I'm trying to make my bones and, and, you know, demonstrate my skills and abilities so I can get promoted, blah, blah, blah. Right. And um, I remember being in a meeting and this old white man and a couple people at the table, they referred to my project as a tar baby. Right. And um, they started chuckling. And so I'm young, but I know what the fuck a tar baby is. Right. So they kept saying it. So eventually I just was like, so what? I said, why is this project a tar baby and not maybe a quagmire perhaps mm-hmm. or a challenge? And they were like, oh, oh yes, yes, maybe that is a better term. And, girl, the one thing that I really regret is not going to HR on their asses. 
Yeah, I in just, retrospect, that's the I, one thing. But see, I, you know, we because we've had this talk before, and it's like, okay, I don't want to be seen as a problematic Negro. I don't want to be right. seen, especially as trying, you know, trying to move up in a company. I don't want to be seen as someone who's always running to HR because then it shows that you don't have great conflict resolution skills. You don't have great, right. you know, I mean, like, you know, it's just communication. You're we, not able to do that. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's not fair to me that I have to, I have to let shit slide because I have to, I'm trying to put my career ahead of it. it it's just. Right. Right. Ugh. But let and me let is, the shoe be on the opposite foot and they have no problems taking me to HR. Right. And it's, it is the audacity of the workplace because there's a different set of rules. Right. And it, it, but with this lady, you know, in your situation, being a minority and doing these things, it's just like, you know what, she's just going to have to have, and I hate to say this, but she's got to have her own personal 9-11. Somebody's just going to have to really, really, really fuck with her because of her race. Yeah. And that's what I'm learning. Like, I no lo- I don't discuss race with white people. I don't discuss that at all with them because mm-hmm. the reality is, you know, a lot of people are just willfully, obtuse, vauntingly ignorant about things, and I believe that mm-hmm. most white people are when it comes to situations like that. And right. I do believe that they're not going to understand until someone comes and oppresses them. They think they're oppressed because they can't yeah. say nigger and fag. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. I, I'm talking someone's going to come in here and do to them what they did to us, and then they'll get it. And um, I'm just going to sit back and watch. I want to be the. I want to be that. I want to be the one who goes. Well, if you people just you know do what they say, they won't hurt you. <laughs> I want to be the, that. That's the role I'm going to play when it, when, it, when the tables turn. I want to be the the moderate. I want to be the moderate. I want to be the liberal who thinks right. that if you stop they know everything. About it, it just go away. Right. Well, you keep talking about it. You keep bringing up. You're making it tense by keep talking about it. Right. I want to be that person. I'm going to be that person, and I can't you wait. Can. I'm really looking forward to it. And <laughs> that is my that that's for me. That's how I'm going to feel better about all of this stuff. In the meantime. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, you know, make sure I keep my pressure down and flourish some other kind of way. You know, I just, yeah. that's what I have to do. That's what you got to do. You know, so for um my, how you got me fucked up, I wanted to talk about Massage Noir because we were supposed to talk about it last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we didn't get to it. So I'm going to kind of go into it um this week a little bit because um, there's a lot of stuff that's been happening, is happening. But this particular topic, I think it falls in line. You know, we started talking, started out talking about intersectionality. So I just wanted to introduce this word to people who were not familiar with what it is. And it stems from um, this happened, when did this happen? This happened a few weeks, a couple weeks, last week. Um, and on uh, the 8th, there was a Caribbean festival um, in Brooklyn. It's the Joe, oh, shoot, the Joe Festival. It's the mm-hmm. West Indian Festival. I, I, I apologize to my West Indian massives. And as um, someone who's Jamaican adjacent, I apologize for not knowing about this particular festival. <laughs> and... Um, but basically, it is a festival that takes place at night where, you know, you go out and you celebrate carnival style, and it takes place in New York. 
And um, normally, you know, it's a relatively fun time, but, you know, we've heard stories of people going out because it's at night and people are getting drunk, you know, they cause all kinds of mischief. But Mm -hmm. in this particular um, incident, there was a young lady, 22 years old. Her name was um, Tierra Polier, or Polia. I hope I said that properly. Um, She was walking with some friends, and a guy walked up behind her and started to grind on her, and she turns around and says, get off me, and then he shoots her in the eye. Oh, my God. Yep, and she's dead, 22 years old, because she told... Uh, she was approached by a 20-year-old man named Reginald Moyes, Um and he started grinding on her without her consent, and she said, get off me, and then he pulled his gun out, and he shot her in her eye at close range. And um, later he told the Daily News he doesn't remember what happened that night. It's no longer clear um, whether the shooting was related to the grinding incident, and according to reports, the 20-year-old also told one friend that he didn't know the gun was loaded. But however the final story shakes out in court, initial reports of Moise's violent response um, resonated with many women. Um, yeah. The picture they painted of a man apparently so shaken by the thought of rejection, by the idea that he was not entitled to a woman's body, that he actually ended her life. And this is something that we've seen happen. Um, a few times there was another young lady This happened in Michigan, in Detroit, um, in 2014. A guy was trying to come on her, uh, come on to her at a party. She was with her, her I think her fiance and her family. And he was trying to come on to her. She was like, "No, I'm with my man and my family." He shot her in the head, and she's dead. Mm-hmm. There was another incident. A woman named Parrish Sachet. Um, she's a Washington D.C. comedian, and I remember this. Um, she was beaten into unconsciousness for denying the advances of a group of men after a show in 2015. So they jumped her. Then there was Lakia Walker, a pregnant woman who was kicked and beaten by a man in March 2015 for not saying thank you when he held a door open for her. And I don't know if you ever, if you recall how many memes they're starting to float around now when guys talk about how, well, I hold the door open for bitches and they don't say thank you and then he, you know, Responds aggressively. I, that really pisses me off because it's like get the fuck over it. I haven't seen that. Excuse me. I've seen it several times. Yeah. And it's like, my nigga, if I hold the door for somebody and they don't say thank you, I let the door go and let it swing in their face. Yeah, I drop the door on you. Or right, if there's another door, like because sometimes most times it's like two doors together. Right. So mm-hmm. if I hold that first door and you don't say thank you, I'm not holding oh, the, the next door. No. Yeah. Right. And it's really that simple. It's really that simple. Pretty much. I don't you turn around. Right. I don't have to yell. I don't have to raise my voice. I don't have to fight you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just don't hold the door for a nigga no more. And right. then there's another one. It's uh, Janice Towton Jackson, who was shot and killed by a man who approached her in a Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania bar. And this was in January. So the reality is, is for many black women, and it's one that we shouldn't run away from by not discussing these women in circumstances, in the circumstances around the violence they've endured. Um, the term is called massage noir. And massage noir is specifically the misogyny, sexism, and hatred specifically targeted towards black women. Mm-hmm. And 
what that entails is that there is um, a culture now in the black community where people are starting to bend to justify violent responses to women. And it could be a woman just, you know, asserting herself or standing up for herself or just simply saying, no, I don't want to talk to you. No, I don't want to give you my number or no, I don't want to entertain you. Mm -hmm. I want to go about my day. And that's something, you know, I definitely want to challenge any male listeners who are listening to, you know, think about that. And, you know, because I remember growing up and walking down the street with friends and, you know, guys like, hey, girl, hey, girl, you know, like they're all the way down the street. And you turn around, you're all the way down the street and keep walking. And they'd be like, well, fuck you, bitch. And the next thing you know, bottles come flying at you. Or don't be in a restaurant. They'll throw, you know, condiments and all kinds of stuff. So it got to a point where now, you know, girls give dudes fake numbers because you can't just say, no, I don't want to give you my number. You know, a nigga will not get out your face. So now, you know, you start giving niggas blanks. Like, okay, here's my number. It's a fake number. Then now, and this is the crazy part, niggas will stand in your motherfucking face and dial the number you give them. (laughs) This happened to me when I first, when I moved back in January Mm -hmm. to where I am now. And I went, I just ran out to the grocery to Walmart, actually, to get, you know, some stuff for the, for my mom's house. And uh, I was, it was dark outside. And so I'm going to my car and this guy runs up. He's like, hey, 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 excuse me, excuse me. You know, I saw you in Walmart. I want to know, can I have your number? It's dark outside. I'm not going to not give you my number. Mm. So, I, you know, I'm I'm not, like, it's just he and I outside. Like, I'm not, I'm not. And so. You know, at that time, I was asked, well, why did you give it to him? It's easier for me to give him my number and then when we're not together, tell him, hey, I'm in a relationship or spam his number or, you know what I mean? Like, it's so much easier to take a different, to make a different uh, escape plan, I guess I'll call it, than to tell him no right in front mm-hmm. of his face because you don't know how he's going to react. What if he would have beat me right there, you know right. what I mean, in the parking lot? Mm-hmm. What if he would have took me some like you just you don't know you don't know and this mm-hmm. is stuff that women have to do what if I would have had my kid with me oh. just, you you just don't like I had a guy run up on me again in the Walmart parking lot and I had my daughter with me and I'm just like and he runs up on me and I'm like pushing my daughter back and he's like no 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 it's nothing like that yeah to you it's no, nothing like that no but you're you a big man I don't know you <laughs> Right. And it's like, and you try to explain it to niggas like, my nigga, at the end of the day, here comes a 5'11", 5'10", like I'm 5'5". Five five. So you, mm-hmm. you're you taller than me. You're right. bigger than me. If you really run up on me and really, you know, I, there's literally, physically, there's nothing I can do. Right. So it's like a lot of, and, a lot, and I noticed that like a lot of men, like when I, when I brace myself when they approach me, because I've been verbally attacked or been threatened. Mm-hmm. You know, they always like, well, no, no, no. Like, I'm not, it's like my nigga. Like, and it's like, I want to explain it to dudes like, okay, you know, dudes like, well, I'm not that nigga. I'm not going to beat you, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, wait a minute, my nigga. 
How many times did the police fuck with you unprovoked before you started right. to have a negative reaction to all police? Right. You don't have time like for every decipher. one of you nice guys. There's five it's other just harmful assholes. guys out here. You know what I mean? It's, and just yeah. like you don't take chances with the police, I'm not taking chances with you. Right. The situation right. with the police, like you just routine stuff, oh, it escalated, next thing you know, this happened. Well, same same premise, mm-hmm. exact same premise. So mm-hmm. just think about it. Please be mindful of how you are approaching people out in these streets. And for real, dudes, it's not, it's never that serious. Nope. It is never that serious. Like, calm down. Like, some of these things act like virgins. Like, it's weird. Like, it's crazy scary. It's I don't even weird. know it's just like virgins. It's just like... Like, have you ever had... You act like you've never had pussy before. Like, get out of It's like... I don't know. It's just like, how dare you turn me down? Don't you know who uh, I am? It's an entitlement. <laughs> it's, like, it's, a, it's a huge yeah. entitlement. And a lot of dudes, they don't understand. Like, we mean you don't want to talk to me. It's like, my nigga, I don't want to talk to you. Like, I, like you know, like, whenever I go out, like, when I was clubbing, heavy in my 20s, like, we used to club Thursday through Sunday. I mm-hmm. wasn't there to pick up niggas, and, you know, I was really there to have a good time and party. Like, mm-hmm. I was working full-time. I was going to grad school full-time. Like, whenever I got up in the club, it was a shake a tail seven, had some drinks, you know, smoke good or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, we dance, we dance, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going home because I'm going to get up and go to work the next day or I'm going to get up and write this paper, you know, like, I'm focused. Right. But a lot of dudes, they just didn't really they just I don't know like it's just it just it was it's just weird the way they approach you and the way they talk to you it's like you just, like they're talking at you yeah in a sense it's like you're not talking to another human being you're talking to an object a thing something to do something you want but you're not talking to me yeah and I, and I, I think a lot of guys they don't understand like you know, it's kind of weird now. Like, a lot of guys, they, like, they don't really have rap or conversation. Like, you know, back in the day, a nigga could wrap you up. And a lot of dudes now, they don't got that. But then again, I also realize that that may be some women's fault because it just seems like some women, like, they just don't put their foot down. It seems like anything goes. And it's just, it's crazy. It's weird to be out on the dating scene. But Yeah, it's like they're willing to accept the A.O. mom now. And it's like, nah, that's not me. Right, you're not right, gonna, right. You're not going to approach me like that. Yeah, and so, um, and it, it, it's strange because it's happening, like, even at the elementary school level. You know, I've seen one little boy, he grabbed some little girl, and I was like, you the fuck this little boy? Like, is he serious? But it just so happened she was with her father, and her father went ape shit on the little boy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because he, he really was like, like, Come here, girl. Like you know, and I was like, oh, like I don't even I look like. And the father was like, oh hell no. He he jacked that little boy up. But I've noticed it's it's, it's something. Yeah, we need to start this conversation because um, you parents need to talk to your children, mm-hmm. and you boy, some of you niggas just need to grow up and you just get over it. Okay, mm-hmm. I I it's, it's ridiculous. Uh uh no, this has to stop. And yeah, it 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 all it's all connected, you know. Mm-hmm. We gotta do something about that. But that was, you know, a little something that had me fucked up because when I read it, I thought that was a tragedy, just just it a is. tragedy, absolute tragedy. So that kind of had she me fucked you up. Know, I mean, like she can't assert her rights, and you know, because some dude want to be butt hurt. Like, get over yourself. 
right. And then your excuse is, oh, I'm drunk and I don't remember. If the you knew what you were doing. You were being a, a mm-hmm. bitch. <laughs> and I hope, just like Miss Bernice, I hope they beat your ass. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I want to be that old lady so bad. I haven't seen it yet. I got to watch it. Oh, man, that was a good-ass news clip because I don't really think they really were ready for her response. <laughs> but that old, but when I grow up, I want to be just like that old lady. She said, that bitch trying to hurt me. She don't know me. <laughs> but I hope they beat her ass. I hope they beat her ass. I said, that's right. <laughs> she said, oh, fuck all that. She's don't like, I'm let them try for an eye. 2K16, <laughs> don't let them try you, okay? Eye for eye. 2K17, yes. we about to be on that one, look. Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, um, <laughs> moving on. Um, another thing I want to talk about was um, sisterhood in the workplace. So um, I know nothing about this because I I work on a plantation. Oh, honey. So um, I work. I have the I have the fortunate. Well, am I fortunate? Well, I have the 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 what is the right word? I'm blessed. To live in an area with a healthy, vibrant African-American population. And I get to work with them every now and then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, I have to say that um, if you are a black woman in the workplace and there's another black woman in the workplace with you, make sure you check on your sister, okay? Make sure you check on your sister. And if you see her doing wrong, don't be afraid to talk to her and say, hey, sis, you know, don't tell her what to do, but just say, hey, you know, watch your back or, you know. I don't know, though. I don't, okay, I don't know because, see, okay. <laughs> so we about three, no, about two or three weeks ago, we get training classes for, um, well, everybody has to go through a training class when you work for my company um and it it don't really have no training it just goes over like our industry and you know the rules and stuff and so mm-hmm. this one particular i'm gonna call her a girl this one particular girl i was walking out the building i'm like i haven't seen her before she must be in a new training class is mm-hmm. going off in front of the office mind you the executives are in my office so She's in front of the building. If we got beef, tell me, motherfucker, if we got beef. I mean, clapping, yelling, and I'm like, oh, oh girl, you're new. Was she talking to somebody on the phone? She was was on the phone, and I'm like, are you? So I'm thinking, okay, I'm thinking, okay, it's just a one-time thing. Somebody got her fucked up in these streets. No, because I guess whoever this was called her back during lunch and she was going off in front of the building. Look, sometimes you got to know, do we got beef? That's a legit question, though, but go ahead, girl. That's fine. Have your beef. Have your beef. (laughs) 
but walk that shit down the street, girl. Because <laughs> what you not gonna do? What you probably might want to tell her, like sis, like hey, girl, I'm not in your business. But I just want you to know you were having a conversation, and some you know important people saw that. So next time, you know, just take it down the street. You, I mean, listen. Uh-uh. Sometimes I, knew I couldn't rock with her when she wore well, her first yeah. day. She wore a tank top to work. I can't. Oh, God. I, you don't oh, have good oh. sense. I can't talk to you. Girl, listen. Okay, so here, let me make this caveat. Let me make this caveat. Mind you, I haven't caveat. seen her anymore either. She not there no more, girl. She no. not there. Girl, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. See, here you come trying to torpedo my message. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut it up. Now, you know, I'm going I'm, to I'm pull this caveat and I'm going to get back on track. But you know, some niggas can't be helped, okay? Listen, keep it 100. Can't save everybody. But for your you sister really? in the workplace who is trying to do the right thing, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you're looking out for each other because I will say I have some, um, some of the best women in my workplace have been other black women. Now, some of the worst women in, in the workplace have been, <laughs> have been other black women. Now, I'm not going to front. Mm. But when when my sisters got it right, they got it right. Mm-hmm. And I want to challenge African-American women in the workplace because I noticed this. I worked in an office, and it was, it was funny. Um, when you go to management, the majority of the managers in the workplace were white people, men and women, mm-hmm. like people who were GS. 15s and above, mm-hmm. and everybody underneath, we were all, majority of the office was black, and mm-hmm. a large percentage of us were women. And I was talking to my manager, and she was trying to get me to do something, and I was just telling her, you know, I was having a little bit of difficulty because um, people weren't being as responsive. So I was just like, you know, can you support me with getting this assignment done by just letting people know, like, if I respond, like, just letting people know that to please respond to me or to talk to the other managers and tell their teams to respond to my inquiry so I can get this done. Mm-hmm. And she was just saying to me, and this was a white woman, she was just like, oh, well, you know, this place, is, you know, it's a very toxic environment and blah, 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 blah. And I was just what? like, okay, so these white people know that y'all niggas is up in here acting a fool. And I, it dawned on me then, like, you know what? That's why they promote some of this. They That's why they do stuff. When they see people doing certain things, they don't say anything about it. And they promote some of these bad habits in the office because as long as we sit here going at each other, clawing at each other, they don't, mm-hmm. that's giving them all the excuse not to hire us and promote us and, and let us move up. Right. So right. I kind of got hip to that there. And that's why I was like, you know, I don't run to, like, I don't run to the white man if I see somebody black in the office doing something they ain't got no business doing. Now, granted, you know you black and you know you, we different and we don't have the same privilege. So if you want to tempt Satan, you know, try it, hey, <laughs> gone. But, you know, if I, if I can, I will, you know, drop a word to myself. Like, okay, yeah. women, you know, come to me and tell me. Like, you know, watch, like, you know, I'm trying to get in your businesses, but, you know, watch that real quick. Like, don't do that or, you know, watch your step or watch your back, you know. And, and I've had, you know, African-American women be like, hey, I'm getting ready to apply for another position, girl. But when my position opens up, I want you to apply yeah. for it or, you know, I want to open it up as a detail so you can come in. You know, that's what I'm talking about, sisterhood in the workplace. If you are in the workplace and you are moving up and you're making it, do not close the door behind you. Right. Leave it open for your next sister to walk through or your brother too. 
Right, but I mean, right, right. I'm talking about, but I'm focused on African American women in the workplace because I'm a woman. Right. So, and just that overall more nice. Like, I make it a habit now. I speak more so mm. now to the to the black women and men. But you know, I make it a habit to speak to them. I make it a habit to compliment mm-hmm. them. Your yep. outfit looks really nice today. I'm yep. loving your hair. Yep. They may look busted. Girl, you look good today. Because you know what? It's going to make them feel better. They're going to mm-hmm. work better. They're going to mm-hmm. look at you as someone that they can come to. You yep. know, like, I, I'm, I, I'm, no, let's stop tearing each other down. Like, no, I'm not. It's not going to hurt you to pay somebody a compliment. It won't. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I do that to the white people, too. But mm-hmm. I make sure I, I do it extra for the black people. Listen, and that's, that's real because um, – we just got a girl, a lady in the office. She's not a girl. She's a woman, a <laughs> grown woman. <laughs> but um, she came on a detail, and we were pulling for her, me and the yeah. other girl in my office. We were pulling for her, and she got it. I took Yay. her lunch, honey. We had mimosas and everything. I was yeah. so happy. Um, but that's what you got to do. That's what you got. You got to root for, you got to pull for each other. We do. Yeah. Especially in the workplace, especially now, because we don't know what the hell is going to happen come November. And we need to make sure we are already in formation and lock these positions yeah. down, okay? Right. Because it's not a game. But right. definitely make sure. And I've seen, you know, there are people in, in the workplace, you know, African Americans. I know. I get it. You know, we make this choice to work in these environments and to be professional and to be, quote, unquote, colorless. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, know that know what side your bread is buttered on and the white man's ice is not colder. Okay, don't right. be fooled because I've seen a lot of black people make that mistake and get thrown on the bus and tossed away. Don't be that black person in the office. Mm-hmm. Don't be that. Don't, don't be that black person in the office. Look out for each other in the workplace. If you know something or if you have experience in something, don't be afraid to share that with your sister in the office so she can do well in her job. Yep. Okay. Don't be afraid to watch each other succeed and to do well. Make sure, you know what I'm saying, like when you move up, make sure you make it possible for somebody that looks like you to come in behind you and take over where you left off. Right. I believe that's our responsibility to one another. Make sure, you know what I'm saying, that we're doing that. I think, it, you know, especially with everything that's going on right now, it's more important now than ever. Right. We got to have each other's back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was just my little thing for today. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, we talked about it. And um, I just wanted to put that out there, you know. Just just make sure, you know, when you see your sister in the office, tell her good morning. You know, tell her yeah. she looks good. You know, if she's struggling, help her out. Mm-hmm. Or if she looks sad, you know, tell her it's going to be all right. And because I have, I make conversations with people in office all the time, especially my people who look like me. I'm not ashamed because I don't hide the love I have for my my skin folk. I do know that all my skin folk, not my kin folk, but if you in office skin and you folk, down, that's cute. <laughs> listen, listen, all your skin folk ain't your kin folk, and it's true. That's real. Because I look, yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been screwed over by some black folk in office. I get it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They don't know no better. They're ignorant. But mm-hmm. in the end, I'm sorry, but I've never seen a black person, which we know black person over in the office for the white man. I've never seen it end well for them anyway. So I don't feel too bad for them. Because right. they're going to they're gonna get what they listen. 
it's going to come back on you. You done mm-hmm. sold out your brother to the white man, and he don't give a damn about you at all. And, yeah, you may get somewhere, but when you mess up, that white man ain't got your back. Right. And you want your own. So I don't worry about that. They they get their own karma. But for you, for you, for us fellow niggas on the up and up, it works. Make sure you have each other's back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Be 100 with your, with, your, with your people. Definitely. You know? Yep. So on that note, honey, you ready for Queen Sugar? Let's get this boring mess over with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't Ava think last did night... me wrong. Uh, I don't think last night was boring. I thought she moved the story along. I was like, can we hurry up and get over with this? Because I want to go to bed. Like, I was just, I was bored. I was, I told you, it was anticlimactic. It just was. It just, it didn't do nothing for me. They decided they were going to work to keep the farm and they're going to grow sugar. Curlas. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's I mean, take it from okay. the top. From the top. So... Their daddy leaves them 800 acres to be divided equally. And mm-hmm. off top, Nova and Charlie say, we're going to sell it. And Ross Angel is like, nah, like, I can work this. That that was daddy's dream. And they're like, well, when did he tell you this? And he said, two days ago, last week, last month, always. Like, I've always been out there with my daddy helping him. Y'all aren't here. And so mm-hmm. they're still hell-bent on, now. Nah, we're going to sell it. And it's not even coming from, like, we need money type of thing. It's just coming from a we don't want to have to deal with it. And so they call that white man from the other episode, from the second episode, um, and they set up a meeting with him. Ross Angel's pissed. And the aunt's there, by the way, and she gets a boat. And mm-hmm. so I was like, at that moment, I was kind of pissed because I said that's selfish. That's very selfish. If you don't want it, you don't have to take it. You can gift it to Ralph Angel. Why are we calling mm-hmm. him Ralph Angel? I hate this name. They could have <sighs> gifted it to Ralph Angel. And, like, I even had a whole business plan for him. I was like, all right, he don't have the money right now to buy the seeds, but what he can do is take out a, you know, take out a loan on a portion of the land. Charlie mm-hmm. can front him a couple payments until the crop comes in. When the crop mm-hmm. comes in, he can not only take over the payments, but pay her back for the payments that she did, plus a little extra. And then he and Blue can live off this and be good. Like, it, it's totally doable. And they just weren't even trying to hear it, and it pissed me off. They were so selfish. You know, and that was when um, Aunt Viola. I, I okay, Aunt V. Aunt V, whatever. <laughs> Girl, you know, I can't commit to these names. I call her, you know, I call her Alpha Wooder, sister. No, yeah, she is. But can I just say, I, I want to live like Hollywood. You what? I, I want to love like Hollywood. My next man is going to be just like Hollywood when I tell you. I love their love. Oh, I love their love. He's to come off as sneaky to me. He's not sneaky. I didn't think he did enough to tell that other hoe to kick rock when she was all up right. in his damn face. And that's, I but, read into that a little bit more. 
But she told the girls to stop bullying Ralph Angel. And what did yes. they do when they, they were like, we're not bullying him? And she was like, yes, you are. You don't listen to him. Right. And so um, when they were in the house and they were boxing everything up and he got mad and he was like, I want to um, – you wanted to go through the stuff, and they were saying, we want to box up daddy's stuff and get rid of this and get rid of that. And um, he was like, y'all didn't ask me. So I I felt like, yeah, they were bullying him. They weren't listening mm-hmm. to him. And But at the same time, I think it was because it's like, okay, Ralph Angel, you don't got your shit together. No, he's irresponsible and childish. He is very much so. But that's Colonel Taylor's fault. Is it? Yes, because uh, they already said they coddled him when he was younger, and this is the result of you coddling him. He's a grown man with a child who can't he, he can't take responsibility for his actions. He can't hold a job down. He doesn't make sound decisions. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. No. Read. That was a read. <laughs> no shade, no tea. I'm just calling it like I see it. Honey. Yeah, he is. He is. He's very rash, just like when he mm-hmm. decided to go out and rob that liquor store. Right. With your child. You're not over it. Yeah, I'm not over that. <laughs> yeah, he, just, he doesn't, he's not the best thinker at all. He's not. He's not. I, I, I definitely um, agree with that. But I'll give him this because, see, mm-hmm. I always believe in when you deliver the bag, you got to deliver it with a cup of sugar. He is a doer. Mm-hmm. That I will give to him. He will. He's a he's a worker bee. Yep. He is that. So you know what I mean. He mm-hmm. he don't think very well, but he will mm-hmm. take action. So I'll give he him. Will. Yeah, and I thought it was very emotional when they came to take his dad's tractor. That he was his breaking point. Yeah, he's like everyone's taking everything away from me. Like the girl, the sisters came in and they were deciding what he was going to have and take, and he didn't feel control in control. Mm-hmm. And that right. was him trying to exert the control. So I thought that scene was very powerful, very poignant. Um, especially when Blue came out ready to fight. Like oh, oh, that got me. Oh, God, I'm the blue. That got me. That's telling me. Blue is wise beyond his years. He knew what was going on. He was like, come in the house, Daddy. Come in the house. Or Pop. He calls him Pop. Come in the mm-hmm. house, Pop. She's just, uh, Okay, so he was telling him to come inside, or was he telling him, like, I'm coming to fight with you, Daddy? Like, what was he? What, because what was Nova, no, Charlie grabbed him and was like, let's go in the house. And he was like, Pops, come in the house. Come in the house, Pops. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't. Like, he was trying to run off to go get to Pops, but Charlie wouldn't let him. And he kept, you know, he kept screaming, come in the house, Pops. Like, I saw that as him saying, like, oh, I see what's going on here. I, he's a little boy raised in the South. He, he's seen guns before. You know what I mean? So he, he knows what a gun is for. So I think he saw that as, oh, this is about to be some trouble. Bring your dumb in the house. Like I thought he was saying, come on, pop, like, I'm going to fight with my dad. Like, uh-oh, we got to fight. Like, daddy got the gun. Like, let's get it. Let's rumble. And it was, Maybe, he, was, yeah. he was coming to protect his dad. But yeah. either way, just the thought of him being harmed in any way was just too much for me to bear mentally. And, oh, my God, girl, I thought I was going to die. 
but I like that they touched on the theme of the black, the plight of the black farmers in this. Yes. Um, because that is Which, very By real. the way, I read an article or I saw mm-hmm. an article where it's actually starting to boom again. So yay, black yeah. farmers. Yes, but that was, you know, remember Obama was fighting for that settlement with those black farmers because yeah. they weren't getting the loans, like they were denied loans and subsidies mm-hmm. were forced out. A lot of the issues that they touched on in the show, you know, because what was that, that um, oh, that large show, I think this had to have been about 2010, 2009, like when Obama first got in the office, his first year, of I mean, his first presidency in the office, his first four years is when that big farmer, black farmer's lawsuit went down. They owed billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And um, it was that big fight, and they got the settlement, and then they were trying to, you know, give the money out, but Congress kept holding it up. But yeah, That's I'm right. glad they talked about how, you know, they don't loan them as much money. They don't get the same benefits and, and subsidies. And the reality is, you know, you think back to slavery, how you know slaves could work the land like nobody's business. Absolutely. And how the government you know, gave money to white to go and farm out west and taught them and built schools. You know, Martin Luther King talked about that. But mind mm-hmm. you, this is a skill that we already had and mm-hmm. used and were denied loans and opportunity. Right. And um, I'm so glad they touched on this topic and how, you know, they were saying uh, Charlie's dad started the potluck to kind of, you know, keep them motivated and and encouraged, you know, because I can only imagine down in Louisiana, down in that parish, because you know how racist it can be down there. Right. All the stuff that they went through and how that guy who they were getting ready to sell to, you know, he was going to try to give them 850 an acre, and he was like, you know, it's worth more than that. Yeah, I did the math. I was like, that ain't enough. And then it split it three ways. That definitely ain't. It's not enough. Not for all that Mm -hmm. land. No, eight hundred some acres. That's a lot of land. And then mm-hmm. you know, it, and then like Ralph Angel said, he said the pH is right on it. The soil's good. It can yield. Mm-hmm. You just gotta work it. Yep. And so if it if it can yield, you gotta pay for that too. Yep. And so I'm I, I'm really pleased they talked they they touched on that, and um, to just kind of show you know what their father, you know, what he was really trying to hold on to and what was good. For me, I felt like it showed, you know, that was what was important to him. Mm-hmm. Like, this is our land. Like, you know, for black folk to have land, that is, it meant something, especially in the South, especially after slavery, because we were supposed to get 40 acres and a mule. Yeah. And they never That's gave it to us. So when you get some land and you're black, yeah, it means something. And I thought mm-hmm. that was great that they touched on it. And I like, um, what is his name on the show? His name is the Roma, uh, DeAndre Whitfield, whatever his yeah. name is on the show. I, I like him and Charlie together. I want her to get him some. <laughs> I, I want um, her to get him some. This is uh, Venture Outside of the Light Skin Brothers for a while. Uh-huh. Who what? This is Venture Outside of the Light Skin Spectrum. Oh, the license, honey. I mean, she don't need no more waffle color babies. <laughs> she don't need no more waffle color babies, but mm-hmm. she wants to. 
she was waffle color baby, so who are me to judge? But honey, <laughs> honey, I want them to get together. I like I like guys like his character. They just Yeah. It just seems real homegrown, like a nice guy. Just real and, nice and boring. And um I <laughs> Leave me alone, girl. Leave me alone. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I want a city person. I don't want I don't want no country. I can't do country. No. You know, I like niggas. Like I've had a, a good old ain't nothing like a nigga. I and it's it's hard, when I say nigga, it's hard for me to explain or to get to break it really break it down. So like, you know, a nigga that goes to the barber, a nigga that, you know, drives a crown Vic, a nigga that wears white tees. So you want a dude from the South? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> but I'm already in the South, boo. You want a Where soldier? No, no. Yeah, I do want a soldier, but uh, got a 95. I've had my share. I've had my no, share. No, actually, no, I, I, listen, I have a type. I date educated thugs. Like, he may have been, I, you know, he's, he's freshly yeah. retired from the street, got a nine-to-five, he's cleaned up his act, that kind yeah. of nigga. I, I date educated thugs. A nigga that will backhand the shit out you but get up and go to work. I, I, no, I need that. No, no, I mean, no, no, not me. A nigga that no. will backhand another nigga. No, no. I don't date no wife beaters, girl. Ugh, hell no. <laughs> But, you know, a nigga that be like, you know, like, if I got to whoop a nigga ass, he going to go outside and whoop a nigga ass. But he also going to get up and take his ass to work gotcha. and bring home a check. Girl, yeah, gotcha. that's my type. That's what I like, honey. <laughs> bring that home to me, boo. Yeah. Mm-mm. So, um, I did enjoy the episode. And um, what else happened? So, um, so Tova, is she going to, do you think they're going to touch more on into her um, community activism? Because I'm. When she call her Tova one more time. Call oh. her Tova. Tova Nova. You know why I call her Tova? No, this is why I'm going to call her Tova because she was Tara in True Blood and her name is Nova. So combine that, she's Tova. Tova. Okay. Wow. We're going we to let you cook. So. Thank you, girl. I am the cook. Thank you. you it's are in the, the kitchen. Put it in the oven. Yes. Yes. All that. All that. <laughs> We've all decided yeah. that we're gonna call her everything but her name. As but a community, her name. <laughs> as a community, we've decided this, and I feel like I must do this to Tova, her character. Okay, I can rock with you. I can rock with you. you. So Tova, you want them to develop her more? You want Ava to develop her more? Well, no, no, no. When I was gonna say when she talked, when she went to the um, correctional facility and talked to the little boy who was being held. And he was like, he didn't do it. And, you know, the, he's like, why well, I got to plea to this. I want to know if we're going to get more into her activism. Oh, I hope it. so. I definitely want to see her at some marches, 
some sitting, some Rally. some looting and some rioting. I want to see all of this. I do. You want to see her loot and riot? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see her burn down a CVS for real, for real. Yes. <laughs> Turn the car over. I want to see it. Listen, we don't own no motherfucking CVSs, okay? Goddammit, burn that shit. Right, this is not ours. Right. You'll get it back with the insurance money. You'll be all right. They got insurance. Look, they got insurance. Dude. Right. Right. Honey, yeah. Okay, look, <laughs> But no, I, I like that scene, too. Um, it seemed like filler a little bit, but I wasn't stealing her conversation until she told the boy, like, listen, you got to you put the battery in that little boy bag. Like, he, they, he can't let them break him. But right. that's something I'm glad they touched on. Like, yes, that's exactly what's happening to our youth. They're being incarcerated and mm-hmm. broken down. I feel like they broke Bobby Schmurter down. Like, I'm still trying uh, to see exactly what evidence they had on him for him to agree to seven years. I don't but think like they had anything. So long, I don't think like they had it. anything. They just, he did, they did not have anything, but the fact that they, he didn't have enough money, is, mm-hmm. which is a lot of people's problems, you know, yeah. generational poverty. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what was he going to get 10% of two mil from? He had one-hit record. Mm-hmm. He, and uh, you don't, I'm sure, I don't know. I don't know how much Spotify paying. I don't know. I know Pandora ain't really paying like that. So uh, he, mm-mm. he, he didn't get it wrong. They told him he. They told him that. Who was it? Was it L. A. Reed who said uh, that they wasn't gonna get him out because they, yeah. I guess they were invested in him or something. Like there was no vested interest in him. Mhm. It was just so, like. Mm, yeah, this is murder. That hour is body. going to be fire. Once he gets out in five years, Tree Bobby, I just hope he can pull a Remy Ma. I do. I think he can do it. He'll be all the way up. I haven't I forgot to... you, Bobby. I'm not forgetting Bobby. I'm gonna get Bobby's um, address. I'm gonna write Bobby. Yeah, I bought him about a week ago. Oh no, no, we gonna do it. We gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> you ass. <laughs> Okay, so um, this 
letter comes from one of our Facebook group members. Um, it's called Nigga Don't Have No Game Anymore. So uh, this particular person <laughs> writes in, um, I had to post about being divorced and not really being sure about the dating life at 37. Um, pretty much uh, our writer says that he got married at 23. Oh, wow. He, right. He's had plenty of relationships before, but after being married um, that long, it's difficult to find the best way to approach dating again. Um, he got married at 23. He's now 37, and he's been divorced for two years. Oh, so man. he's uh, trying to get back into the dating game, and um, he says he hasn't been sexually active since his divorce either. Well, you back his issues. Oh, yeah, he needs to be drained. Um, his yeah. issue, though, is deeper than the need to get one off. I want the companionship again. Not sure if I want to remarry, but I would enjoy a relationship. I haven't been looking, so not sure where to start. Women seem more complicated to me. Help a nigga flourish. My nigga, we here just to do just that. Okay. (laughs) Sounds like, okay, because we have to be careful how we advise him because he's not a dog. This nigga not a dog. Okay. Let me say this really quickly. Because I had a um a conversation with my player homie over there we talk about this shit. You know, a lot of niggas, you know, think they built for the game and they not, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think this particular gentleman is on the right track. He's being honest with himself. He knows he wants to be in a relationship. He knows he wants companionship. And there's nothing wrong with just admitting that. Right. And saying that's what you want. Right. And I applaud this man for saying this. Also, at 37, this is exactly what you should be looking for and what you should want. Exactly. I think, because uh, um, we're in the exact same age. I'm 37 myself, going on 38. And um, in my 20s, like, I was not serious about a damn soul. I was out here <laughs> in these streets getting it. And mm-hmm. um, now that I'm older... I am dating, and actually, and I'm sort of in a similar situation with him where, a little background about me, I was not married, but I was in a long-term relationship with someone, and it was an emotionally abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And I got out of that relationship, and it took me a few years before I was even able to date. One -hmm. of the things I definitely had to do was, first and foremost, break free of that cycle of being with that person. Um. Secondly, I had to forgive myself for being with that person for so long. And then lastly, I had to find a way to just let it go and mm-hmm. to really look at the situation and not look at it with anger, but to be able to look at it critically and say, okay, this is where they hurt me and this is where I'm not going to make that mistake again. And this is what I'm going to do, you know, my next effort to date. You know, this is what I need to make sure that I have. And so whenever I do talk to guys, you know, I do put it out there, you know, what I'm looking for. Like, you know, as I think, you know, because we're in our late 30s, approaching 40, you should be talking about what you're looking for. You know, if you're if you're looking to just fuck around, say that. Right. 
Okay? If you're looking to be, you know, with somebody, say that as well. But don't say you're looking to get married. You know, I think saying you're looking for companionship is an excellent start when you're meeting a young lady and just say that's what you're looking for. There's nothing wrong with that. I say to guys, I'm only interested in entertaining males I can be serious with, meaning I can be in a serious relationship with you that can either lead to a serious long-term relationship or marriage. But I'm mm-hmm. not dating casually. Just I'm not out here dating just to be dating. I mean, I casually date, yes. But the end goal is to be with someone long-term and right. or marriage. So I think it's okay to um, find a way to say that um, because if you say that and a person runs away, good, good. Exactly. You want them to run away, okay? <laughs> what you don't want to do is be trying to entertain people that don't want what you want. Don't waste mm-hmm. your time. And I will say that because you're older, you can, you you, you shouldn't have any cut cards with people. Be very upfront about what you want. And I think that there are women who are going to appreciate that and find it refreshing. But also... Yep. I think that you should be going out and being more social. And that was something that I had to do to kind of break myself back into the dating game when I started. Um, I started, you know, hanging out with friends more. Um, I joined a book club. I um, started, you know, going to Eventbrite and finding activities in my area and just going. Sometimes I would go with friends or sometimes I would go out with myself. I think if you're single, if you go out by yourself, it's a great opportunity for you to meet people and just strike up conversations. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, don't be afraid to kind of go. Um, it's good to have a wingman, if you will, but, you know, you've got to have a right person with you. Don't bring a jackass with you, you know. Bring someone who's really going to, you know, kind of, you know, cast you in a good light. Like, if you're well-dressed, bring another well-dressed friend. You know what I mean? Don't bring your dog-ass friend with you who's just going to say trifling shit all the damn time it is. Then women are not going to want to be around you. You know, but if you go out by yourself, that's absolutely fine. And, you know, make eye contact with women. Smile at them. Say, you know, say, how are you doing? Don't force them to talk to you. You know, like, um, when I go out by myself, um, I've struck I've struck up conversations with guys at the bar. Um, that's really a great place to go meet guys to go and sit at the bar, uh, especially during happy hours and things like that. And just say, hey, how are you doing? You know, and it's very simple, very casual. You don't have to, you know, if, and, you know, just say, hey, how are you doing? And if she says, hey, how are you doing? Just leave it at that. If she responds to hey, how are you doing? Leave it at that. Don't try to force small talk. The conversation will come about and flow. Or if you notice like she's wearing um, a piece of jewelry or a piece of clothing, you say, wow, I really like that. Like, where did it come from? You know, that's a good way to kind of start the conversation or break the ice. But be be yourself, be natural. If you're goofy, just be goofy. (laughs) Don't try to be something you're not. You know, and that's one of the things, too. At this stage in our life, you should know yourself well enough to know who you are. And that's another thing. If you got married at 23, you know, make sure that you spent that time with yourself as a man to know what you want and what you don't want, um, especially in a companion. You know, be sure about the type of activities you like to do. Because um, it's funny, I'm talking to a guy now, and he told me straight up, he was like, listen, I didn't fall that going out to the bar and all that other kind of stuff. I mean, he's kind of a homebody. 
So that's what he was pretty much telling me, and it was okay because I was like, you know what, we don't got to go to the bar. I already have a group of female friends that I can go out and be social with, so when I'm going to be with my man, I'm going to chill. We're going to be together. I like that, personally. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, quiet evenings in the house, watching Netflix while he's still on my booty. That's all I need in this life to spend. <laughs> but um, for, you know, you, I would definitely say, you know, definitely make sure you've taken that time to heal. It sounds like if you've been divorced for two years, you've definitely done that, and you haven't dated and you haven't been with anyone. But, you know, also you could have been, like, in mourning, and now that you're getting out of that, you may want to take these time to pick up some new hobbies. Um, new uh, activities like um, I love to paint. I go to paint and sip. Um, I love to go to museums and walk around and things like that. So make sure you know you're kind of you know still spending some time with yourself, getting to know yourself, and you do have a good idea of who you are before you really seriously start going out and dating and talking to other people, or else you're going to have difficulties because. I do believe you should be upfront with people because that's, that's going to benefit you by weeding out the bullshit and the riffraff. And even though, you know, as a man, women are on some bullshit too and will, and will waste your time and play games with you, yeah. So you let a chick know. And then, you know, upfront what you're looking well, for. Well, that's only because you're their you're there second string. True, true, true. They already got somebody else and you're just extra mm-hmm. on the side. But, you know, definitely make sure you're taking your time with people. Get to know people. Have conversations with people. Have discussions. It's so important, you know, to to talk about this. Don't rush into anything at all. And that's my advice. So, Gooch, what what would you uh, what would you say? Um, honestly, I think, and it's just cliche, but I feel like you find people when you're not looking and True. that's how it's always happened for me and so also I find people where I'm in where I'm in the area of where I'm most drawn to so I'm mm-hmm. doing a hobby or something that really that I like so I'm always at the library or mm-hmm. you know maybe even going on a walk or at the park or something like that, that's, I, I wouldn't want someone that I met at the bar because I don't go to the bar a lot. I barely go. I barely drink. So we're not even on the same level at that point. We're not even starting out on the same playing field. So it, that to me, that would just be a whole bunch of mess that I'm going to have to weed through. So I would just do things that bring me joy and, mm-hmm. you know, do activities that basically will help you become your true authentic self. And then once you do that, like, people are going to come to you. Like attracts like. Like, it, it, that's the only way I would do it. Like, I wouldn't go out looking for someone because then you're forcing it. And I think you should just let things happen as they as they go. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I get that. I get that. Um, it. I think if you're going to look, you should have an idea of, of what you're looking for. And if you don't know what you're looking for, don't you, look. Yes, you just definitely. Let it happen. You should know. Well, no, no, because I'm not saying just go. I'm not saying just whatever comes to you is what you take. No, be be very clear on what you want 
and be very clear on what you don't want and concentrate more on what you want. And by you concentrating on that, you're going to get it. But also put mm-hmm. yourself in a position where you're able to, where that what you want is going to be drawn to you. So yeah. if you oh. don't want someone who drinks, why are you in a bar? You know what I mean? So, you know what? You're so right. Be the person you want to be. And that's what I meant why, and I'm so, because when I touched on it, and, and then I kind of gloss over get to know yourself. Right. Like, I, and, and I had to do this because I was like, I don't want no broke nigga. So I had to clean up my credit, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want no dirty nigga, so I keep my house right. clean. Right. I don't want no ugly nigga, so I keep my shit cute. <laughs> right. Seriously. Definitely be the person that you want to attract. If you want a happy person, work on yourself and try mm-hmm. to work through any of those issues that make you unhappy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's why you know, work on yourself. Know yourself before you go out there and try to get with someone else. And I promise it, it, you, it, while it, you're doing that, people yeah. people are going to show up. That, I mean, yes. Yeah. It, it's going to happen. It's going to happen mm-hmm. when you're not looking and when you're not concentrating on it, it will be made manifest. You don't have to worry about it. Just True. do the things True. that make you happy. Yeah, totally, totally. And um, and when you're out there, you know, and you're, you're meeting new people and stuff, you know, that can definitely kind of help you also gauge, you know, where you want to go you know, what direction you want to go with your life because mm-hmm. whoever you're with, they're going to go with you. Mm-hmm. And you want someone who can go with you. Yep. You know what I mean? You definitely want someone who will grow with you and go wherever you go. And it's so important. But work on yourself, too, if you haven't already. Yeah. But you want, gonna you're going to want someone who compliments you, not complete you. I always tell people that. They're like, oh, yeah. I met my better half. I was a whole person before I met you. I will be a whole person when you're gone. Let you me tell do not you complete me. You complimented me. One is a whole number. You can be exactly. single and whole. Amen. Yep. Amen. 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 Don't, you're not out here looking for somebody to complete you. You're looking for somebody that's going to enhance your life and make it better. Like a fine wine. You know what I mean? Mm. You don't, yeah. You a don't. nice cognac, honey. Smooth. Bold. Not that whatever right. Jackie's drinking, because we don't need to fight in it. Oh, you shit. Know, at that, parties and stuff. That panther piss. Come on now. <laughs> Bouchard. <I don't> <laughs> I can't stand it. No. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, honey, I hope this helps you in some way. We drop some gems on you, kind of help you get out there. Yeah. But just make sure, totally come back and tell us how things are going as you are dating and your adventures. Don't be discouraged when you meet someone and they waste your time. Learn quickly how to move on. Just walk away. Don't do that. Walk away. Don't ever be afraid to walk away. If you're not getting what you want, if you're not happy, trust me, love is not a struggle. It's not questioning. It's not unsure. It's very clear. And yeah. if someone's returning your affection, it's very clear. Okay? Don't it's not hard to you. love. It's not hard at all. <laughs> it's not. It's not. If you want to be with somebody they want to be with you, it's going to happen. Okay? All right. So um, make sure you're working on yourself, honey, and come back and talk to us about uh What's going on with you? We definitely would yeah. love to hear from you. Join a meetup group. Do some pottery. Let me know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
All that. Okay. On to our next letter. Um, it says, hey, Cookie and Gooch. Hey, girl. Hey. First <laughs> off, congratulations on starting a podcast. I really enjoyed the commentary between you two and the recaps of Greenleaf. Maybe want to watch it. Keep up the good work, and happy birthday, Gooch. Thank you, girl. Are you a girl? It's a girl. It's a girl. <laughs> okay. Okay. So she starts off, hi, girl. Starting off all off a clump. Okay. So I'll try to keep this short. So basically, um, she made a post on her Facebook page saying that she wanted to go see Beyonce. And an acquaintance came in the comments saying, well, the Cosmos have heard you. I have a ticket for you. Call me. Okay, right. bet. So I call her. Thank you, baby Okay. And let me just insert that she is a conscious woman, head wrapped and all. Okay. So I ask her where the seat is, and she tells me it's in a good spot. I ask for the price. She says $250, right? Now, That's a general admission. Huh, listen. Now, 250 wouldn't have been a problem if, one, there was not a seat seven rows higher for $100 less. Number two, a floor seat close to the water stage was $30 more. And three, the reason she wasn't going is because she already booked a flight to Chicago and thought it would be too expensive to make a round trip for the concert. So I tell her I will think about it, and I'm looking at Ticketmaster, looking at all the available seats that are similar to hers for $100 to $150 cheaper. So, of course, I told her no thanks, but to definitely resell because someone will buy it. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that would be it. So then a friend comments saying she wants to go, but we'll need to check if she can since she's trying to get a new job and is going through a divorce. I tell her congrats and that I understand. The budget always comes first. Mm -hmm. Why did the acquaintance come back talking about my ticket is still available. Call me. Girl, what? So we're just going to try the same scam twice? And if not that, let's say she get, she gives her the ticket. She could have at least opened the door of negotiation with me. All of that to say, what the hell is up with black and brown communities upcharging everything they can? It's annoying and ridiculous a lot of times. I understand that people want to make a profit or make a living, whatever have you, but if everyone is charging everyone unreasonable prices, then nobody's going to buy shit. I really don't mind investing every now and then. It just gets annoying when everyone tries it all the time. Sorry for the long email, but thanks for reading. Wait a minute, I got a question. So mm -hmm. the girl that was selling the ticket, mm -hmm. her ticket wasn't already two fifty, so it wasn't two fifty for her section, and then the section above her was a hundred less. And then the section by the water stage was thirty more. Was her section not two fifty? No, she said when she went on Ticketmaster, at all the available seating there similar to hers, it was all one hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars cheaper. Okay. Either way, it don't even matter. Why are you worry about it, girl? You decided you weren't gonna buy the ticket. Well, here's that. I think Once you her, said though, you weren't going to buy the ticket, you out of it. 
You're done. Let the next but girl she, do her research. But she knows it's a scam. It's not That's a scam. A, it's not a scam. A scam. No, it's not a scam. It's This is what I'm offering it for. You either say yes or you say no. You did okay. your research. You saw it wasn't worth it. So you passed. So now she's offered it to someone else. If that person decides to take it, it's not a scam. She I has the opportunity to do her research as well. But it's a scam because she's scalping, honey. It's called scalping. Well, why then you formal. shouldn't be buying it from her, period, if you're worried about that. <laughs> Well, no, the point so let's is get into that. that. <laughs> I think what she's saying is why didn't she just resell the ticket at the at the value she bought it for? Because why I don't want to. It's my ticket. And if I want to upsell, I'm going to upsell. And if you don't want it, KS, and then I'll sell it to somebody else. Why you ain't <laughs> buying your ticket on Ticketmaster? Why you ain't go to the uh, Fandango? Do they sell concert tickets? Why are you coming off like a panini? Just press. I just, Did you say a panini? I hate you. First you say Fandango. I'm just saying. I don't. I get it, boo. I get it. You you want to know why black people ain't trying to help other black people out and just sell it at the regular price. I get it. I, I can rock with you on that aspect. But you, once you decided you don't want to buy it, you're out of it. Move along. Okay. Move along. I, I, I see that. I do see that. I think that, okay, maybe, okay, okay. I don't disagree with what she's saying. I think that she did the right thing as far as doing her research so she right. didn't get caught up. Right. And she, you know, once she found out, like, oh, girl, you trying to, you know, get you a new fur coat with this extra money um, so you can live your Caucasian lifestyle off of it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we see. Honestly, truly, we see. But I I don't know. I, I probably would feel some type of way and her coming at me like that saying, oh, it's 250 I would have felt some type of way like, bitch, she tried to get me. And that's me. I don't, I don't. Like we, I, this that's is how I would have looked at it. That's how I would have looked at it. I was like, "Oh, bitch, you try to get extra hundred dollars out of me." Yeah, I that's am. how I would have looked at yeah. it, and I would have like, "Oh, fuck with you like that." <laughs> but I mean, it's not. It's not like the information's not out there. It's not like mm-hmm. you're not able because you did. You went on Ticketmaster. You saw what the price was, so it's out there. She didn't scam you because you went and did your research. If you were to buy yeah. a car, if you go buy a Bursa and Drivers World got it for nine thousand and Hall got it for ten, of course you're gonna go with Nisa or go with Drivers World because it's nine thousand. But that don't mean that Hall trying to get you. It's oh, comparison shopping. They trying to make their money, honey. It's called an right, so and that's right. I'm trying to get my money. So, okay, is that enough? I can't go to the concert because I'm going to Chicago and it's just not worth it. Let me get something else out of it. Let me just make myself feel good. And if I can get an extra 100 out of this, let me get an extra 100. Hey, you might be willing to negotiate. You didn't even try to do that. Well, see, that's what she was saying. She was like, so why when she said no, like she passed, she didn't, when she offered her the ticket, she didn't offer the 250 or your best offer. 
So, so she, why she, didn't you? Everything is a negotiation. Why didn't you say, "Hey, girl, I see it on Ticketmaster for one fifty. I give you one seventy five." True. Like I think you're making it bigger than it has to be. In the sense that I think with this person, I would keep her as an acquaintance and I wouldn't do business with her moving forward. Or you I would always. With plans anyway. <laughs> You just should You just should <laughs> Or family. Child. I never sell so, or buy anything from family. Girl. I don't even so, do fundraisers. Can y'all hear that? I got the window open. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, honey. I Good think- luck, girl. I hope you get to see Beyonce. I hope you get to see Beyonce too, honey. Take some binoculars. But, <laughs> well, no, she sounds like she might be able to afford the four season out. Then you like a hundred and some. I need to go to start going more more shows down this part of the country because this is cheap. Because if they were selling these tickets up here for Beyonce, oh, that water stage would have been a smooth $800. I think it. Yeah. I think it. So, yeah. Um. I think uh, you did the right thing, honey, by doing your research. Continue to do your research. Um, Don't worry about people who do what they do. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it. You just make sure you stay on point moving forward. Exactly. Control what you can control. Right. It sounds like you dodged a bullet, though, and now you know. And if you want to tell your girlfriend not to pay full price for the ticket, tell her that, too. You know what I would do, Miss um, Honey? I would buy the cheap seat, and then I'd say the other $100 so I can get me some Beyonce merch. But that's just me. That's true. I mean, because she's going to have a big screen and a big stage. So you can see, mm-hmm. you'll see her very well. That's one thing, you know, Beyonce does make sure that the experience is good for all who are there in attendance. So mm-hmm. um, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. But as far as, you know, for the black and brown communities, I'm charging everything they can. I mean, I don't know. I can't call it. I can't call it. I mean, it's double. It's a double-edged sword to answer that question for me. It's because one thing that's going to happen. always want a discount. I was just getting ready to go there and say that, <laughs> you know, one thing that – African-American entrepreneurs complain about is that when they see other entrepreneurs, I mean, other African-American clientele, they always want to do something on the cheap. So it's like, honey, be careful not to paint yourself in that corner where somebody's looking at you as the bad black customer who doesn't want to pay full price versus why are you selling stuff so expensive? You know, compare mm-hmm. some shops, do your research, know what you're buying. A lot of times, as African Americans, we know the cost of everything and the value of nothing. So, yeah, you value, you value your money clearly. So you did enough research to go to Ticketmaster and look to see where you can get the ticket for yourself. So just keep doing that. That's a good practice, and just keep doing it and make sure that you're being a smart shopper. Mm-hmm. See if Hustle Man got a ticket. Hustle man got a ticket, but he's gonna sell us for three hundred, so she might not want that. That's a lot, Shug. So, um, those are our letters and I just wanna say we got two um 
letters from um, two show listeners who are friends of the show. Uh, first is Miss Ari B. Ari sent us a letter. She ain't want nothing. She was just saying thank y'all for making this show. And I wanted to personally thank Ari for writing in and say, Ari, girl, you are hilarious. We love yes. having you in the group. And thank you so much for taking the time to write this letter. It is truly, truly appreciated. Thank you. Is thank you a TTSA? Thank you. Hey. <laughs> yes. I love TTSA. her. <laughs> and the second letter came from Amber Arterberry. Amber, I, I see your name on the You're going to stop putting these people's government names out in these streets. She broke in. Oh, my God. This is not. <laughs> girl, she wanted to say thank you. Oh, my God. Is this not okay, Amber, girl? She said, tell me, girl. But I think it's okay, girl. She said, thank you. Oh, my God. She, she, said, she wrote it and said that her ass is. She wrote it and said, thank you. So I'm, I'm just saying. What I'm, I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Don't act like that. Amber. Thank you, girl. <laughs> I, I just want to say, Amber, you know, this is my pimp friend, my homie, my nigga, my ace. She gets me. <laughs> and I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for writing in and, and letting us know that you appreciate this show. Yeah. It is truly appreciated. You are a wonderful person to know, and I can't wait to get to meet you one day, too. But yeah. I really, when I saw you write in, I was like, oh, my God. I was I was gleeful. I was gleeful. And to everybody who sent in um, letters so far, I know that you were anonymous because um, – you're writing about something that, you know, we don't necessarily need to let everybody know what's going on with you. But thank you as well for to everybody uh, who's been with us on this journey. We only six episodes in, but it's really appreciated to know that y'all ride with us. And I fuck with you. The hard Real way. Yep, the long way, the long way. So, again. I said the hard you. way. Oh. <laughs> It's the hard. It's three the hard way, but I fucked with you the long. Okay, girl. Listen, I'm somebody's mama. I'm not supposed to know the slang. Okay. Home improvement. 
and his name is Cliff T. Um, and as soon as we get everything up, he will be on the website, and you can go to his website. We'll provide a link to his website, and you can um, see his handiwork. He's got some beautiful pictures of all the renovations and work that he's done in the ho- in homes that he's worked on. He's, this guy knows what he's doing. It looks great. Again, he's a weekend warrior handyman. So I'm get so, you um, a, little, a little home improvement loan and then hire Cliff T to do the work for you. Don't go out here hiring these contractors and stuff because they're going to they're gonna rip you a new ass. They're going to take all your money. It's going to take a long time to get it done. Hire Cliff T. He got you, okay? He's totally got you. And I used to work with him. I know him personally. He's a great person. He's not a bullshit artist. He definitely will come through and do his work. Now, if you try him, he will put hands to you, so don't, okay? Who you finna try? I know it ain't me, so think it ain't me. Just, just, just. Okay? But um, definitely tell them the cook and the, good, the gooch sent you, and we appreciate you for listening. Good luck, Cliff. You know what I'm saying? Everybody shout out to him. But as soon as we get all that stuff up, you'll be able to get his contact and information um, by this Monday. And so... Thank you, thank you, thank you, Cliff. We really appreciate it. <laughs> so remember, hashtag give, give black. black. Hashtag give black. We're going to tweet about it and everything. So that campaign will be kicked off on Monday, and you will be seeing more information about it. And uh, we're looking forward to, you know, touching base with our listeners who are entrepreneurs. Each one, teach one. You know, we got we to gotta do for each other. You know what I mean? Keep our mm-hmm. money and our dollars and our community, and uh, we got to do that. All right? Yes. So, Gooch, anything else? Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Guess what? My birthday's Saturday. Y'all already know about the list. You got tomorrow. Go ahead and make your order. Please do it. I really appreciate you. And everyone who sends me a gift is going to get a handwritten thank you note from me, just so you know. So buy me a gift. <laughs> you welcome. <laughs> this nigga, oh, my God. Ignorant bars. Ignorant <laughs> bars. Girl. Girl, uh, oh, my gosh. Yes, yes. But, no, thank you to the, everyone who has purchased me something so far. I really appreciate it. That's really nice. I really don't expect y'all to do it. So when you do it, I'm just like, wow, I can't believe it. So thank you so much. All right, all right. <laughs> well, on that note, um, I don't have anything else, so... Good. Good. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening once again. We'll be back next week, episode seven. In the meantime, tween time and shit. Be good to one another, okay? And wash ass. Oh, wash your ass, honey. Mm-hmm. Come through. That's the word. That's the word. Yes. Self care is washing. Washing your ass. ass. Okay. Because ain't nobody gonna wash it for you. All right. All right, now, on that note. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, hey.